Okay, well, I'm going to jump right into this. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Creep Time, the podcast with Silas Dean and Stowe. Deep breath. Deep breaths, creepers, deep breaths. I do need to center myself before this, just because it's been, we've both, I feel like we both had one of those days where we're just like running, running, running. But yes, I really wanted to focus in like this hour that we spent with you guys. This one's going to be extra good because I was telling Stu before we got on, <laughs> I we are not doing a case per se. I have chosen three true scary stories that I have found across the internet that I am going to read for you. I have a feeling from the stories I have selected, I will hear many gasps. I will hear many, oh my gods. <laughs> I think I will hear a lot coming just, from you. I think that these are maybe going to make me do that thing that you do where you start tearing up. I was literally rereading one, editing it, and I started tearing up. I also can't stop, stop. thinking about the Appalachia video, the Appalachian hay. <gasps> I almost picked an hey. Appalachia story for, hey, it's like. Oh, that's what it is. Hey. Hey. Should I just play the video for the, I'll pull it up. Give me one second. Because I have it in our like, I have it in our. We've our talked details. about it too much now. So, for anybody who didn't listen to the last episode, quick top line about what this is: there is a legend of the Appalachian hay, which people say there are things in the woods in you know on, along the Appalachian Trail and whatnot. Like you don't look to the forest. People have talked about hearing a disembodied voice say the word hay, <laughs> and no one has ever really proven this. But there is a girl who claimed that she caught this on camera, and. I sent it to Stu and I was doing that thing where I was like crying, <laughs> I was tearing up. It's so scary. Like that's I hate it because it's in the middle of the day and she's by herself. That makes my stomach turn. It makes me sick. Well, let me just skim through this video of Reba asking being asked if she's done poppers. <laughs> Looking through the things in, in our, our like details, like our text notes, is wild. Like, first of all, it's like, <laughs> can you see this? Stop. Can you see this? Is that a raisin canes? It's a churches. It's a churches. By, by me, it's a churches. <laughs> um, damn, where is this video? Hold on. I feel like there's like three things that are true about us we love Reba, we love fried chicken, and we love Nancy. Those are, I mean, that's, those, that's three of many, but those are three pillars. That's my holy trinity. I mean, you're telling me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I just went through a big, like, did you ever clear out your whole phone where you, you just like do a little cleanup of all your videos and stuff. And then you're like, wait, did I actually delete something I needed? No, I'm one of those people that I legitimately have 20,000 unread emails. What emails? Yeah, like in my Gmail. No, 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 no. I mean, yep. that's you're that you're mean. too far gone. Like that's that would institutionalize yeah, me. I mean, if I have yeah. ten unread emails, I'm gonna have a stroke. <laughs> like every <laughs> like I mean, with my with my work email, not a not a thing goes unread. 
But my course, personal yeah, email, I'm like, I could give a rat's ass about <laughs> half of the things that come through. Oh, I think I got the video. Okay, okay. So again, okay, okay. this is the audio. Because if you're listening, you'll only hear the audio of the Appalachian Hay. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I would spew, I would spew vomit. I'd be so scared. That third one is so weird because at first you're like, it's a it's a bird, it's like an animal, and then you hear in the third one, it's like, hey, it's so pronounced. Like, I what animal makes that noise though? Like, I've never heard I've heard animals make noise. I've never heard a bird make a noise that's like, hey, and it's getting closer. Is the thing. I've also heard stories of people that hear like children or like babies crying in the woods a lot like it's always something to like lure you somewhere which scares the that's so foul absolute crap out of me so just wanted to start off with that and then we're gonna get (laughs) 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 that should be like my my like think bubble sound like whenever (laughs) i check off a to-do or something it's like now before we do get into this episode, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for stopping by at Creep Time, the podcast. Please, please make sure that you're following and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode because we come out with new ones every single week. Can you tell I'm like on one right now? <laughs> I, I'm loving the energy you're bringing. I, it's like half Jafar, half... It, I think it's all like, Jafar, Mama. I think it's 100% it's Jafar. Jafar. <laughs> Nothing is more insulting like, than somebody telling you you remind them of Jafar. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Okay. I thought Jafar was kind of hot. 
but that just might be me. You see, and this brings us back to our original conversation about therapy. We're circling <laughs> full back. You see how this is all tying together. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 100%. I could see that. I know. I know what you mean, though. Like, there is a thing about, like, Disney villains being hot. And nobody wants to admit that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very much true. It is true. Most Disney villains. Like, I'm thinking of um, Hades from Hercules. Hot. Yeah, are you Gaston. Hot, hot, funny. Uh, hot, funny. Quick. Not Gaston. Hades was quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaston, just big old burly. Hey, remember when you were basically Gaston? Oh yeah, when we did Brom tour. Yeah, from Sleepy Hollow. Brom. Brom. That just brought me back to a dark place internally. I know. Just, I know. It, we can't go there. It made my chest like shake. <laughs> It made my bosom shake, baby. Now, it made my bosom shake. Okay, back on track before my my ADHD spirals out. Thank you again, everybody, for stopping by. Make sure that you follow. Please, if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Apple because we love those. We love to read through them. And what are the other things that I usually say? Oh, if you have extra case suggestions, feel free to comment those down below. I think you can comment on... Well, you can comment on Spotify or YouTube if you listen to it there. And if you want to comment on Apple, you would have to do that as a review. But we are open to case I suggestions. Think so. Yeah. But I love the case suggestions because I know we've done a ton of them and they've all been spectacular. So Oh, we have so many on Reddit right now that we're like we're like set for a year. Like we have so many good suggestions that we're never going to run Amazing. out of cases to do, which has made me so happy. And a lot of them are cases that I've never heard of. So it's ex- it's like opens up a new opportunity where I'm like, I can read something and like get to react to it for the first time. Or you could read it and I yeah. could blind react. Like that's what's fun about seeing a case that I've never heard of before. But just wanted to start off with that. And let's do. Oh, my God. <laughs> with Stu, baby. With Stu. And with that, Stu, are you ready for these scary stories? <laughs> I am ready for these story scaries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read you now. I was like, please do it, baby. I need the wake up call. I've just been like very split focused today, but I have all this research and I have all these stories. So I'm going to read them to you verbatim. And I have some of them are credited. Some of them are not. One of them, I forgot which one, I was able to, like, verify, verify that it is true, true, because there were, like, pictures and videos that went along with it, like, but supposedly all three of these are true accounts of things that happened. Now, the first one, I titled this, this is not the title of the story, I just titled it in my notes as Domino's. (laughs) Pizza? Yes. (laughs) Domino's. Pizza? <laughs> Domino's, please sponsor, mama. We're here for you. <laughs> it is by Ernesto Ivano. So here we go. I used to work at a Domino's. They close at 3 a.m. And on weekends... Uh, oh, shit, let me start that one over. Sorry. <laughs> monologue that I did in high school 100% every audition every audition between 2016 to 2019 I used to work at a Domino's 
in in all blacks, I walk out on stage. There's only a spotlight and one black box next to me. I used to work at a Domino's. <laughs> this is you. This is your curtain speech for from tour. You come up yes, in front 100%. of two thousand people. You go. I used to work at a Domino's. <laughs> oh my god! I'm trying to set a tone, and I am just Fine. all right. It's fine, baby. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. All right. Do you understand now? This is what would happen to me with the curtain speech. I do understand. (laughs) Because, like, once it goes, it's, like, gone. Once it goes, yep. You're going to watch how fast I'm going to flip this. All right. Yep. I used to work at a Domino's, and they close at 3 a.m., And I was always there on weekends. And being that I was taking a year off from college, my boss would often take advantage of that. And he always threw me on the 9 to 3 a.m. shifts. There would always be at least three people who were working that late. There was one who would cook the pizzas. There was one who would take orders. And there was always one who needed to do deliveries. This night, the one cooking the pizzas, Jeff, a 28-year-old Italian guy who worked two jobs and was always in a bad mood, told me to go deliver something. So when he did... I did it without complaints. So, being a Saturday night, it wasn't uncommon to get calls for deliveries past 2 a.m. At around 2.30, I was told to deliver two pizzas to an address that I still vaguely remember. 27 Crocker Drive, or something close to that. I took my stupid beat-up 2002 Honda Civic up the road for five minutes, the only main road that cuts through our tiny town. I live in the Manchester Township area of Jersey, containing a whole lot of nothing but trees everywhere. Did I hear a little, little something? Was that? Yes, I know where that is. Do you? Oh, God. Good. (laughs) My drive there was a dark one after merging off the main road onto smaller roads with no streetlights. The only light that could be seen for miles were my headlights. I turned off the public road onto a dirt road with a private property sign posted outside and it seemed that I had arrived at the house that I was delivering to, and suddenly, I heard a bang reverberating through my car, followed by a weakened sense of handling of my car, as if it was like repeatedly flopping, a flopping sound. I knew for certain that I had just gotten a flat tire. I stopped the car at once and got out to confirm the front right tire was completely flat, and I could see through the headlights that the house was within walking distance from the car. So instead of calling my insurance company, it would make more sense to go deliver the pizza and also ask the person for help. Mistake number one, sir. (laughs) I got to the deck of the house. It was an average size house completely enclosed by trees, as were most of the houses around here. The lights were on inside, but all of the blinds were shut. I rang the bell, and quickly, a normal-looking young man answered the door before exchanging the pizzas for money. And I told the man about my predicament that I had just found myself in. A look of concern came over his face as he handed me the money and I handed him the pizzas. He came outside and took a look at my car with me. It was just like a 30-second walk from the house. He got to my car and he started analyzing the tire. He said he could help me, but he just needed to get some tools inside. And I started questioning, you know, what it was I could have hit on his dirt driveway. And he yelled out to me, don't worry about it. As I was walking down the road, I walked a bit further, kind of ignoring him, and I noticed a spike strip in the road. A very small one, but undoubtedly, that is what I hit. I couldn't see any other reason for that to be there other than him putting it there 
deliberately. I started thinking over all the possibilities of what could be going down here. So I pretended that I didn't see the spike strip and I walked back saying I didn't find anything. He looked at me and I was worried that he might have been suspicious, but then he turned away and he said he was going inside to get the tools. God only knows what he meant by tools. I waited for him to get to the front door before I got back to my car, turned the car on and threw it in reverse. I was not sticking around there to find out what he was doing. I heard the flat tire wobble on the dirt road as my car slowly rolled in reverse and I made a point of avoiding the spike strip this time with my car. My car pulled out from the private dirt road onto the concrete road and I took one last look down the man's driveway to make sure he wasn't following me and I took off. I couldn't drive too fast though and kind of risk damaging my wheel so I stayed steady at 10 to 15 miles per hour and I looked in my rear view mirror and I saw something behind my car. The man running after my car. I had no choice but to step on it, forcing me to cringe as I could literally hear and feel the damage being done to my wheel. The distance between my car and the man got greater until he was out of sight. After turning back onto the main road that I had mentioned earlier, I slowed down the speed a little bit back to 10 to 15, and it was a long ride back, roughly 20 minutes since I was driving so slow. And when I got back to the place... It would be closing in 10 minutes, and I had to return the domino sign that they would make you put on top of your cars to do deliveries. Jeff was upset with me that I had taken so long, but then I told him the whole story. And the woman, who was also working the same shift as us, listened in with a look of shock on her face the entire time. When the time came to close, Jeff told me I should just drive home very slow, since I live like a block down the street, and I should take care of it tomorrow. The two went off to their cars and drove away. I sat in my car for a little bit, thinking. Eventually, I turned my car on and started my slow drive back to my house. I noticed, however, that a car without its lights on was following close behind me for a while. So I pulled over in front of some small house to see if they would do the same thing, and the car passed me. And then they pulled over on the same side of the street a little bit further down. No. I immediately started to panic, knowing that this had to be the man. And I figured that he found me because he knew the dominoes that he ordered from and went there. I couldn't lead him to my house. So even though I didn't know for certain if it was him, I had to be overly paranoid and I called the cops. I had police come to my exact location for fear of being followed. And after five to ten minutes of waiting, a cop car slowly rolled down the street and I beeped my horn to stop him. He stopped in reverse so that his windows were lined up with mine, and then we both rolled them down. I pointed to the car in front of me with its lights off, still sitting there in front of me. And just then, the car zoomed out from its parked position, lights still off, instantly disappearing down the road into the night. The cop put his lights on and sped after him, say- not, not saying a word. I didn't even know if he wanted me to follow him, but I couldn't because of my tire. So I just drove home as quick as I could and parked my car in the driveway. I still don't know if that cop ever caught that driver, and somehow I doubt he did, but I'd like to imagine he did. Either way, I always made sure to watch my back every time I drove home after that night, and I quit that job two months later. (laughs) What the hell is spike tape? I've never heard of that in my life. You've never heard of a a spike strip? You've never heard of that? No, or spike strip. Yeah, spike tape, spike strip. I was like, well, that, I don't know what spike tape to is. Pop either. someone's tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what cops <laughs> cops usually throw that out during like a high speed chase to like 
pop somebody's tire. Wow. I, when Mel and I were driving on our road trip, I, we almost went down this back road and we had a really bad gut feeling. We had so many things go down on this road trip, but we, this was our exact fear that we were afraid of. We're like, this is one of those roads where like somebody puts out a spike, like a spike strip, you run over it, you get a flat and then they pull the strip back into the forest. And then while you're out, like looking at your tire, somebody comes out and they grab you. That is no. so. Oh my god! Oh, uh, like if I could have painted the picture—is that a thing that happens? Absolutely. Like, do people actually? Absolutely. Oh my god, that's so foul. Stu, it's even more convoluted. Like, there are some people that will like create like a like a stage or like a diversion, something in the road to like get you to pull over. Like they'll put like a like a stroller or something, like something that like gets people to pull over to get out, and then or somebody will like dress as like a like a cop. And they'll have like I've heard that they'll have cones out or something, and they'll be like flagging, like trying to direct traffic, but they're actually like just getting you like letting your guard down because you think you're in the presence of a cop. That is so scary. Let me tell you something. If I was ever in that scenario and somebody got close to my car, the first whiff that something was up, I can't even tell you how fast and hard I would floor it. Everybody's getting run yeah. over. Pedestrians run over. Curbs gone. My car flipping over. Like I am flooring it. That is amazing that this person was able to get out of there. Cause I feel like in the times that I've popped a tire, it's like the countdown to when you can no longer drive is on. Like your car is just like, we're not going anywhere. Maybe like 10, 20 miles at most, at most before like your car has some severe damage where you can't really drive anymore so scared just the thought of like doing a delivery though because deliveries did you ever work as a delivery driver or do something like that it's scary can you see my ass as a domino's ah, driver? Like it. listen i would be i would be the worst like i would i would have <laughs> dropped every freaking pie <laughs> i would have been the most nervous nelly you're a hustler though i can see i can see you as somebody who's worked a lot of different jobs like because i know i worked a lot of different jobs but doing deliveries yeah. especially it's, it's it's a little sketchy sometimes. I I think I would be terrible as a delivery driver. I think I would be terrible in the kitchen, like as like a sous chef. I think I would be <laughs> never a chef, always like, a sous chef. <laughs> right. <laughs> Specifically a sous chef. You're like, I'm in the prep station. <laughs> I'm in the prep. Um oh my Pastries God. Only. But like how I have never thought about how actually scary. It must be to be a delivery driver that late at night. Like, you don't know who the hell you're going to see after 2 a.m. Oh, and those are some sketchy houses, too, that you have to deliver to. Like, you have, and you have to, like, thank God for contact, like, contact less delivery post COVID, but mm-hmm. that was never a thing. Like, people were always, like, having to usually, like, knock on a door or ring a doorbell, like, personally hand something off to somebody. It's really freaky. Super. Also, could his coworkers not give him a ride home that night? Uh, you know, they they kind of sounded like asses from the beginning, but yeah, who, yeah. Who really knows? Was his name Jeff? Jeff. 
Rotten Man Jeff. I do have another story, though. Um, do you want to get into the second one? God. This one's... Yeah, let's do the second one. Um, this is actually not going to go too far from Jersey. Actually, it technically starts in Jersey and then is going to pivot over to New York City. <laughs> so this is from Jeremy Knight. And all I titled it in my notes was Roommate. That's already terrifying. Sinister doesn't even begin. It's the groundwork. (laughs) Sinister is the foundation, and we're building from there. (laughs) I've lived alone for too long now. The word roommate sends shivers down my spine. I was like, when I was researching these, I found one that was like terrifying supermarket story. And like it started with like, I worked nights at the supermarket because I'm a single mom of three. And someone was like, that's the story. That's the end. It's scary enough. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Wait, when I first moved into this building, there's this man that lives on my floor, an older gentleman. I've actually talked about him on the podcast you have, before. He's him. just got quite a personality. And so he's asking me about, you know, where I'm I'm starting to get settled in and where do I get my groceries? And I said, Oh, I, you know, I just normally go to the Safeway, which I guess is like you know, it's it's like your run of the mill, like giant or like, you know, food lion or whatever. He looks at me dead in my eyes and goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As if I had just told him that I was like in, you know, garbage cans looking for scraps. <laughs> Wait, why? I don't get it. It's just because it's so expensive. No, because it's so inexpensive i guess and like it's like kind of it's like you know just kind of your grimy grocery store like it's not anything fancy it's not a whole foods but it's like fine oh it's totally fine he was being he was being pretentious but him looking me in my eyes going jesus christ i'm trying to think (laughs) what would make me what would make me say that to somebody like what I i mean i scoff at people who go to not even expensive grocery stores, but just generally expensive places to buy food. Like people, I know people who genuinely buy like groceries at CVS and I'm like, you're insane. Like the markups are, and like same, and they complain about it too. They're like, God, inflation is getting crazy, which they're not wrong, but I'm like, well, baby, you're shopping for like a box of cereal at a CVS. That's like a $10 box of cereal. It's robbery. Someone that's shopping for groceries at CVS regularly needs to get checked. Same thing with Target too. That's the I know scary they story. Like, listen, they sell food. It doesn't mean you should buy it there. Walk your ass over to Trader mm-hmm. Joe's. Get to an Aldi's. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love Aldi's. Owned by the same the same people who I, own Trader Joe's. I love Aldi's, but I don't like that they make you pay for a cart. <laughs> it's refundable. Insane. Oh my god, you put a little quarter in. You get it back. Wait, do you get it back? Yes. It's a deposit. Oh my God. She's never been to an Aldi's. <laughs> I've never been Cut to the an Max, Aldi's. everybody. <laughs> Somebody told me that you had to put a coin in to get a cart, and I said, couldn't be me. And you see, this is misinformation because they did not finish the statement. <laughs> the the way that Aldi's works, first of all, Aldi's at any given time has one employee working. They are the manager, the cashier, the stalker, the cart return. That's how they keep prices so low. The system oh is that you God. go in. And you put a coin into the cart, which stays there in place, and then you get to go shop. And then when you check out, they transfer your groceries to, like, another cart they have there, which you then, like, take out. And then you pull your coin out. Yeah. 
think that's well, how that works. Yeah. Now I'm going to all these. Well, the reason they do it is so that people they, they don't have to waste time and like money getting somebody to go out to the parking lot. This is a promo for Aldi's. <laughs> this is like the mid-roll sponsorship <laughs> for Aldi's. But they they do that so they don't have to get people to go out and like retrieve carts. It's so you bring your cart back yourself. Cause that's actually smart. I appreciate that. Thank you, Aldi's. Thanks for being innovative and pushing us further. Aldi's. <laughs> Should I get into roommate by Jeffrey Knight? Or sorry, Jeremy Knight? Yes. this one is freaky okay when i was 22 i got a job in new york city living in jersey however there was no way that i was going to be able to do that commute daily so moving was a necessity the only thing is that i didn't have a lot of money yet when I saw this ad in Craigslist for an available bedroom in an apartment in Hell's Kitchen at a really low price, I jumped on it. I took a ride to the city the next day to view the apartment, and the landlord gave me a quick tour of the place. The landlord himself seemed a bit socially awkward, and I didn't really care, and it didn't really matter at all because the place didn't come with him. But the place did come with a catch. I'd have a roommate, the landlord said. He's very quiet and very to himself kind of person, which was good. So my roommate's name would be Bren. The landlord knocked on Bren's door, asking if he'd like to come out and say hello, but Bren didn't answer. The landlord suggested that he might be taking a nap, so we moved to talking in the living room, where I said I was interested in renting and I signed an application, and the next day, the landlord called me and offered me the room. So I moved in the next week. My dad helped me unload all my furniture into my little room. And something odd to know is that never once did this Bren character come out during all that commotion to at least say hi. He was definitely home. We heard him moving around in his room. And I came to the early realization that he probably wasn't going to be very friendly at all. When we finished unloading the van, my dad left and I was alone. Officially moved out, I sat on my bed and started to watch Netflix on my laptop. And then I heard Bren's door from his room open and close. This seemed like my chance like I could go out and say hi because it was his first time leaving his room I got out of my bed but before I could even get to my bedroom door the front door of the apartment slammed shut I stepped outside into the living room and no one was there I didn't know what the deal was with this Bren guy but surely he had to know that we would have to meet eventually so I went back to my room ate a bowl of ramen and I went to sleep I woke up when I heard the front door of the apartment close again, and then footsteps followed. The footsteps on the creaky wood floor made their way to the outside of my door, and then stopped. I sat up and looked at the crack below my door, and the outlines of feet could be seen creeping from the light underneath the door. Why was he just standing there like a creep? Of course, I didn't say anything. I just waited for him to walk away. I didn't even have my door locked, and I was low-key terrified of him entering my room, but thankfully he walked away from my door and back to his room, and I heard his door shut. I tried to go to sleep, but all night I could hear thumps coming from his room, and I had no idea what he could possibly be doing, and I was tempted to go knock on his door and tell him, you know, to keep it down, but I hadn't even met the guy yet, so I just kind of had to deal with it. Eventually, I fell asleep, and when I woke up in the morning, it seemed that Bren was already out maybe at work. I really didn't know at the time. I spent most of that day shopping for groceries and basic apartment necessities. And when I got back, I dropped all the bags on the couch in the living room to give myself a rest. I cooked dinner 
I watched some Netflix on the couch, all while Bren never came home. And I did a quick run to the nearby 7-Eleven to get some toothpaste right after that. And when I got back, I noticed that Bren's door was cracked open and that the light was on. So I figured, this is it. This was my moment to go and say hello. I went to his door and I knocked slightly twice. And then I pushed the door open. And what I found in there was shocking. Or maybe I should say what I didn't find. The room was completely empty. Not a single piece of furniture except for a single chair that was sitting in the corner of the room, kind of like a chair that you would see in a high school classroom. My heart suddenly started racing and I started to shake. I turned off the light in the room and I shut the door and I wondered, could this Bren person have been in the process of moving out? I went to my room and I locked the door and I sat on my bed suddenly getting a really bad headache. So I took my phone and I decided to call the landlord and ask him what the hell was going on. After dialing his number on the phone to my ear, I heard it ring loud from my closet. I felt my heart, which was already racing, was now in my stomach. The phone rang twice and then went to voicemail. I got out of my bed, ready to open my closet, but I stopped and realized that given that the phone rang twice, that means that somebody had his phone and then declined the call. I had the sick realization that the landlord was most likely in my closet and there never even there never even was a bren i ran to the bathroom and locked myself in and i called the cops and they got to my apartment shortly after and helped me search the whole apartment and sure enough we found the landlord hiding under my no! bed no i tried pressing charges for trespassing trying to get myself out of the lease but it turned out there never even was a lease the dude wasn't even an actual landlord he didn't even own the apartment I never got the rest of the story as to how he actually got the keys in the first place. And I had my dad come the next day and we moved all of my stuff back home. I found another apartment the next week and it was a huge hassle going through the moving process all over again. And I knew from the start that that so-called landlord gave off bad vibes. I just never could have imagined the events that were about to take place. Mama. my God. The way I would piss myself i would piss myself shorts wet undies soaked gilliak's thong (laughs) ripped into pieces obliterated (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually crying is that not the scariest thing you have ever heard okay so as somebody that lived in new york in some crappy freaking apartments. One of which was in Hell's Kitchen, mind you. Remember, it was the one above the Wicked Theater where I had a cardboard box as my side table. Um, <laughs> it's so dark. It's so dark. That is, that, that I thought was about as dark as it could get in like a seedy apartment building. Mm-hmm. The idea that this person faked being a landlord and then like, the hell was he plotting to do with this just spy person a spy on him i, yeah, I mean like clearly freaky fetish like voyeuristic fetish what the hell i mean it sounds like he had nothing to lose if like he never even owned the question is is like he must have been this is all true that he must have been like related to somebody who like owned that building or something somehow he got those keys and knew the place would be 
vacant, I guess, and that nobody would notice. But the the most terrifying feeling of like closing a door and locking it and feeling like you're in a safe space, and then realizing that the thing you were afraid of is in the room with you is so deeply scary. I saw another story, which I was almost going to bring up, but um, it was really, really long. But it was about this man who like his wife started to, um, they had a really normal relationship. They, they were together for like six years. And then she started to exhibit maybe some like signs of a mental health crisis. And she was peeking at him. Like he would catch her like watching him from like behind like walls and stuff. Like, and he was like, he would catch her and he'd be like, Think, thinking that she's like joking but she wasn't really like that type of person to joke like that and he had one experience where he was like this was going on for like weeks and weeks and he was in the shower and he was like shampooing so his eyes were closed and when he opened them her head was in there she was like peeking at him Stop! like a joke like in the shower <laughs> and he like freaked the hell out and he was like he was like what the hell are you like yelling like what are you doing and then she got out and then he heard the bathroom door slam and he was really like having like a a crisis over this like what is like i think there's something really wrong with her so he kept the bathroom door locked and he stayed in there trying to like work up the nerve to like get out of the bathroom to go like face her and like talk about this and see if like maybe they should contact her mother like maybe she needs help after an hour of being in that bathroom contemplating this turns over to the corner she's in the bathroom closet peeking at him and has been there in silence for an hour (laughs) i'm i don't know what's going on but i'm having an episode right now (laughs) i'm getting so freaked i was gonna say i was like and Stu, look behind you (laughs) i literally thought you were gonna say that and i thought creepers i've got my halloween lights up right now so it's like purple and orange like glow in my apartment it looks and it's like, a mood it's really good i like it it's it's a mood but it's freaking me out because you know my building is like old and creaky and sometimes my door just like opens without anything that is scary i don't like that that would send me because the thing is i would immediately assume somebody opened that door hidden the closet and now i have to inspect yeah. there are times where i have to inspect every inch of my apartment before i can sleep you're making me need to go inspect my closet right now, and I'm not gonna, but I keep feeling like that man's wife is in there. The like the the mental image of I don't know, some like woman just looking behind like a wall for like an hour in silence <laughs> makes me sick to my stomach. The story actually got so much scarier. I can't keep going, but like he like ends up leaving the house or something and like goes to stay with his brother and she like shows up in a window like drooling it's really dark <laughs> it's dark <laughs> this is quite the episode i must say this is this is <laughs> yeah i mean i'm feeling extra freaking freaked i don't know why Tis the season mama Tis the season Tis the season so how do you feel about that roommate story though outside of like we, we started at sinister now are we someplace else is are we at insidious we're we're at disgusting, disgusting because the idea of opening up that room and seeing one like elementary school chair in the corner is foul. That would be the moment I would piss. That is when yeah. urine would leave my body. <laughs> Instantly. Instantly. I'm imagining your Gilly Hicks song quite literally just going. <laughs> 
like you ever see those like trick bathing suits those like novelty bathing suits where as soon as they get wet they like fall apart in the water that's my gilead thumb except it's like high quality cloth it's just this is such a foul episode i'm sorry i'm in an october mood i'm in a spooky no so am i it's all mischief it's all mischief right now isn't it it's like deep mischief well i do have one more story for you let me see what I titled this one. I wish I had the actual, t- if there were titles to these, but this one I just labeled as <laughs> solo, <laughs> solo camping trip. Another one where we're, the base level is sinister. Solo camping trip. Yeah, we're already, this is my Outward Bound story. You just took it from me. I, You've repackaged have it. You, have you had scary camping? I mean, outside of Outward Bound, have you had a scary camping story? No. Really? But, <laughs> but we had to do we had to do the quote unquote solo night where oh, they yes, that's what I'm literally thinking okay. dropped us in the middle of the woods and left us there until the next morning, each one of us in a different section. No. Like you're I thought when yes. you said solo it meant like the solo group, even though that's one negates the other. But no, no. You're alone. They took you in alone? your group. This is it was so bad i remember just being like because my brother had gone on it so he had told me he was like solo night solo night i had heard that for years like if you survive solo night and so our solo night was because we went in october so it was like already spooky season and um i think we had been like telling scary stories at night like already and so the counselor was like all right time for you all to get dropped off at your solo destinations And this girl in my group, God love her, burst into tears. Like, and she was the first one, like she was lucky because she was getting dropped off when there was still daylight. They had told us, they were like, it's going to take us, we're going to hike, you know, a little less than two miles to get you guys all to your solo spots. Some of you will be dropped off in daylight and some of you will be dropped off. It'll already be nighttime. (laughs) I was dropped off at nighttime. (laughs) This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Is it out crazy for an 18, 17 year old? It's outrageous. You've told me this so many times too. And every single time I have the same reaction, I'm like, that that is outrageous. Because here's the thing. I'm the girl. Like, I'm crying. I'm bursting into tears. That's so scary. I felt so bad for her. Like, she was literally like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And all of us were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, what do we do? No, that is like a deep. Listen, there's a reason that, like, humans like to stay in packs. You know what I mean? Like, we know that we're not good out there, like, alone. (laughs) So it's going against all of her instincts. Her body was reacting and being like, babes, like, don't lose your tribe. Like, That's 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 how I envision everyone's body speaks. Bites. Oh, <laughs> what are we up bites. to? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, camping's freaky. I'm already. It's freaky. I did have yeah, um, camping is so scary. When Mel and I camped at a Monument Valley in Arizona, it's a native reservation. Um, this is how I, oh, dis- cool. I discovered Church's Chicken because um, it's the only thing that was in this this area. But <laughs> you camp like actually on someone's land. So it was this woman. She owned the property. She has like a little camp like section. And there's lots of like lore and legend about reservations, about like things that mm-hmm. walk out there at night. So we were already a little bit on edge, but it was so beautiful. Like the, the most gorgeous skies I had ever seen. We had such a great night. We had a fire. We cooked. So we finally like set up the tent and Mel and I were sleeping in the middle 
like dead asleep, middle of the night, I suddenly feel something big jump on top of me from outside of the tent. Wake up, immediately assume I'm being killed because I'm like, there's a person jumping on top of our tent. We're the only, like, it's the desert. It's the only way I can describe it. There's nobody else around. And I start panicking, realize it's not a person, it's an animal, arguably just as scary because I'm like, it's a wolf. We're being attacked by a wolf and we start screaming because like we're like dead asleep and shot up and like we we start screaming. <laughs> then we realized it was the dog on the property. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm protecting you bitches. Literally, well, that's what they're there for. They're like the, the land dogs because the legend is like there are things that roam at night. So every property needs like their guard dog. So when we had been hanging out with this dog, like earlier in the night but we never expected he would just he was a big ass dog he would just pounce on our tent i was shook i had nightmares oh my god nightmares. and that is why and anytime somebody offers to like have me come along with them for a camping trip i conveniently have something else in my calendar <laughs> it's scary like <laughs> here's the thing there is nothing more ridiculous than people who have homes like the privilege of being a person in a first world country with a home being like, you know what would be fun? Let's <laughs> leave all this silliness behind. Let's get a piece of plastic and cloth and make that our home for a night. Just for a night. It'll- just to feel something. Yeah, I like it's just when you really break down camping, and I know there are people who are like all into it and everything. Camping's a little ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> My my little brother, the biggest camper. He would camp anywhere. Wait, which one? Blake Loves or John? camping. Blake, Blake. John does too, but Blake could just camp. He is like such an outdoorsman. I think for some people, it's that that feeling of like nothing holding them back. They're not tied to anything. Like mm-hmm. they they're wanderers at heart. Completely self sufficient. Totally okay. This girl is not a wanderer. That that girl who was crying. <laughs> that girl who was crying i want i would like my skinny pop my cabernet oh you you're talking about okay (laughs) my cable tv (laughs) not my skinny pop and chardonnay (laughs) that's also gonna go on merch that's on merch skinny pop and chardonnay i don't drink chardonnay anymore though you don't why i don't i i i don't like the flavor anymore i think that was a dark troubled time i had (laughs) (laughs) spoken like a woman of lore (laughs) that was a dark and troubled time i was having i think i'm just stalling because i'm scared of this next story but okay me too i also agree with you i no longer drink chardonnay i only drink sauv blanc same savvy b solo camping trip now this one is interesting because it's supposedly true but it was submitted anonymously so there's no actual author to the story. <clears throat> I went on a solo camping trip to the woods a few miles from my house. And after setting up camp and eating, I took a half hour nap in my tent. And then I looked up a hike. I went on the hike and it was a normal hike, rather a quiet forest, until I thought I could hear footsteps nearby. I could have just chalked them up to it being the footsteps of an animal. But they kind of sounded human-like, if that makes sense. Considering how deep in the woods I was and how far away I was from any urbanization or town, 
it definitely seemed odd that I would cross paths with another person. And I didn't go looking around for anyone, though, so I just continued with my hike. And then when I got back to my tent, the first thing that I noticed was that the zipper on my tent was undone and the door flap was open. Right away, my heart started racing at the thought that someone had been in my tent. But I checked to make sure that nobody was still in there first. And then I went inside and I saw that my bag had been gone through. And surprisingly, nothing was taken. I contemplated packing up and just moving spots, but I figured that it might be pointless because whoever came had already scoped out the place and they left. Therefore, there wouldn't really be a reason for them to come back. Fast forward to that night, when I finally get into my tent to go to sleep, a few minutes after getting into my sleeping bag, I heard a noise. At first, I I heard it and I couldn't really tell what it was, but then the second time I heard it, it sounded a bit like staticky breathing. I sat up and I looked around my tent, and at that point, it went silent. So I was sitting up with my heart racing for a decent while, looking around, and then I laid back down. And I tried to move past it, but then not even a second after I had closed my eyes, I heard it again. Some kind of grainy, staticky breathing noise. I started digging through my bag and I found something I knew for certain I did not have with me. I pulled out a huge, archaic-looking, walkie-talkie type thing, and the static was emanating from that. I instantly associated it with the footsteps and whoever had searched my tent, But all I was thinking is, why would they have put that in there? Just when the static stopped, and then there was a breathing sound that was now coming from the walkie-talkie. And then a deep, almost unintelligible whisper said, I'm outside your tent. No. It's crazy how in just a couple of seconds your whole world can change and how your whole body can be overcome with fear. I frantically pressed the buttons on the oversized walkie-talkie until it finally seemed to turn off, and then I heard something hit the ground outside of my tent. Something heavy. I had a choice. I could stand my ground and protect my belongings and myself, or what I could do is make a straight dash to my pickup truck. And then when I heard something else hit the ground right outside the tent, I chose the latter, and I made a run for the pickup. I left behind my tent my sleeping bag and other equipment, but in reality, none of that stuff really mattered when my life was potentially on the line. And for all I know, it was some kind of a trap just to get me to leave and keep all my stuff behind for them to take. But it could have genuinely have been someone who intended to harm me. That is our story. Good night. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Happy October, Mama. So... Okay, so the they they had put the walkie-talkie in this person's tent and then all of a sudden was just like playing with them when they're about to go to sleep. I think so. But imagine like you pull out the walkie-talkie and as you're trying to figure out who would have put this here, you just hear I'm outside your tent. <sighs> the <laughs> I I my legs are quivering right now. I can't again another reason not to go camping but like it's stuff like that i just can't take like the thought of someone like talking through a device to you through a ring camera through like a oh my god story of like a baby monitor you know my mom was almost stolen when she was a baby no ever tell you this no oh my god so my mom was born in 1960 um i don't know if that's relevant to the story but hopefully it places you 
I grew up yeah. in the same house that she grew up in. So it happened in the house I grew up in when she was a baby in 1960s. So my aunt Donna was watching her, babysitting her. And in the room where they had the crib, it was like like the nursery was ground level. She had put her down for a nap and then heard something that kind of sounded like something moving. And she was, but it sounded almost like wood. So she was like, that can't really be the crib. Like she's in a, she's in like a bed. So she went in there to like, see what was going on. From what she said, window was open. A pair of hands were coming into the room, into the (gasps) nursery, reaching for my mom as a baby. She literally stopped. She it is the scariest thing I had ever heard. I kept we grew up in this house and that house was robbed too, I think in the 60s. Um she literally ran to the window, slammed it shut on this guy's fingers, grabbed my mom and locked herself in a bathroom. Like That's too much. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That might have been the scariest. I could have not had you in my life. <laughs> That's, That's tr- the scariest part. Oh God. That's true. Oh my God. I guess like I don't know like what the the stats are behind like kidnapping of babies, but I feel like it must have been more of a thing back then. Oh, that's why I, I think that's why instinctively I was like the year was 1960 because it almost yeah. feels more not appropriate, but I feel like, yeah, that was a thing. Like there were less regulations even though i know this happened outside of a place that would be like this was at home you know when i think of baby nappings i think of like hospital nurseries and like yeah someone coming in and like taking a baby there was a woman who did that i remember covering a story on that and she like pretended to be a nurse uh i think it was like she lost her baby and it sent her into a psychosis so she concocted a plan pretended to be like like a um a natal nurse and went in and took a baby like right out of the hospital that's insane oh my god i'm so glad that your mom wasn't taken that is so scary i know but what's crazy too is like they stayed in the house after that and this was like before the age of you know robust security systems it's like the 1960s so i don't even think they had a gun but i know that they while they were gone a few years later like maybe five years later Somebody came in and robbed the house. Like they took the TV and they took a bunch of stuff. We lived in a small town too. Like it was a pretty like normal suburban neighborhood. What did y'all have in that room growing up? Oh, that was my bedroom. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Mama, they they rewallpapered it just for me. It was my bedroom. Oh my God. So when you heard that story, were you like, I can't sleep anymore? I think when I had first heard about it, I was really young and I think they realized I was scared. So they actually told me it was the upstairs bedroom, even though that didn't make sense because how how could hands become? But I believed it as a kid. I was like, okay, as long as it wasn't my bedroom. But I I remember I hated that bedroom because it was such an old um, style bedroom that it had an arched doorway with no door so like you couldn't even install a door so when from the ages of like i don't know (laughs) one to nine i just didn't have a bedroom door it's a dark hour you were just farting away and everybody just (laughs) 
I mean, I was up late watching like scary movies in there. I was like, I was just hanging out. I shared that room with my brother for a little bit too, but like we had different tastes. So half of my room had wallpaper that was like <laughs> of the zodiac signs, not the killer, but like astrology. And the other yeah. half <laughs> was like Red Sox wallpaper. <laughs> Couldn't have been <laughs> two different worlds. <laughs> like my side was decorated by Blue Moon. <laughs> and this was like <laughs> champs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wild. Oh my god. Let's do. That is That's all I got. Crazy. That is all I got, mama. Oh my god. Which one of those that felt was the scariest? So fun. Wasn't it fun? Um, okay, let me think. <clears throat> the roommate one still kind of messes me up bad, I think. I think for roommate, it's roommate for mm-hmm. me. 100%. It wait, which one is the one that you said like had photos and stuff? Oh, which one was it again? I think it was the last one I talked about. It was the camping one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, he had pictures from, like, the day of the hike or something like that. And I think a video, too, I'm pretty sure. There was another one. I almost did a lockdown one where there was an actual, (gasps) like, picture from – it was in, like, a band rehearsal room in, like, a a high school where there's, like, a – there's, like, a door where you're not – it, like, leads to the back, like, parking lot of the school and you're not supposed to open it unless, like, a student shows their ID through – the window but for some reason out of instinct somebody knocked and somebody just opened it and like a man came in with his hands in his pockets in front of the whole band room and the band teacher was like can I help you and he was like I'm here to take my daughter out of school and the band teacher was like well you this is a a band rehearsal room so you can't do it here you have to go down the hallway to the office to check her out which I thought was really smart in the story because he was basically like, you don't meet crazy with crazy. You'd be crazy with calm. Yeah. And like, okay, yeah. just give him like a very matter of fact direction, like redirect him someplace else. And then immediately like phone it in. So that's exactly what he did. Like the second the guy like left the room, they locked the doors, called the front office. The whole school goes into lockdown. They found the guy never even had a daughter. No daughter. He had committed armed robbery and was trying to hide out in the school for a little bit and did have a gun on him. Oh my god. He was like 10 feet away from all these kids in the band rehearsal room and there's a picture a picture of all of them with their damn clarinets. <laughs> Just That is Do you know I actually have a lockdown story? Uh, you True personally? Story. Yes. Whoa. I Okay, I must have been I was young. Like we had just moved to North Carolina, so I definitely was like over the age of 10, but I was probably like 10 or 11. Okay. And I was doing a summer camp at my middle school. Um, so it wasn't like a full, um, school population, like Mm -hmm. very small groups. There were like a couple of different summer camps that were being run at the same time. We got a call that we, like, I remember our counselor got a call that we had to get back to, we were in the gym, which was separate from the school. And we had to get back into the school immediately. And like, all of a sudden it was like, go, go, go. Like everybody like run back to the school. Oh my God. And there was an armed gunman that I guess had just, he had uh, armed gunman, an armed man that had just robbed a nearby bank, I guess. And he was running through the back of our school, like literally feet behind where we were, like in the gym, Whoa. trying to cut through the back. And I remember when we started running, like somebody thought they like saw him and everybody was like screaming, like, <laughs> and then we got in and we were all locked in 
like in that classroom for I think like three hours. Yeah. While the police came and they tried to find the guy and they didn't find the guy. Oh God, that's so scary. I'm very happy you're safe. That is a very, very scary situation. And it happens a lot. We I we yeah. had that in college too, actually. A lot. We had a couple of like major I went to a very big school for anybody who doesn't know. And I remember we had a lot of people um bomb threats on campus but some of them like credible i think there was a student who like had some kind he had some kind of explosive on him and like walked into either a dining hall or a dorm or something um one time in one of our classes a professor i know who it is i can't say his name literally burst through the door and goes there's an active shooter on campus in our (gasps) class Oh, he was wrong. I'll tell you, in retrospect, what he actually heard was the lid to a big dumpster closing, and he thought it was someone sh- like shooting. <laughs> so he thought instead of like inspecting, he was like, "I have to warn everybody immediately. Better safe than sorry." But for him to burst into our classroom and go, "There's an active shooter on campus," we actually, I remember, we froze up, like we didn't know what to do. Oh my god. You can't tell, you can't do that to acting students. You cannot say that. Not people who are getting their BFA. Oh my god. No, because they're going to go out the there BFA. and they're just going to put both arms out they're to gonna the start, side. They're going to start Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, you just reminded me of not on the same page, but a little bit on the same page. Um I had to work on Assassins the musical in college. In college. Oh my lord, the freaking <laughs> gunshots and the like every time backstage I was like <gasps> like it just it always it I, because I wasn't in the show I just worked on it mm-hmm. like I didn't actually know when things were really happening. I was just doing wardrobe and so <laughs> I would go like chill backstage and then all of a sudden it was like <gasps> I was just like <sighs> <laughs> It's scary. Every time it happens in a movie I get scared. You want to know something about assassins yeah. though when they did it at Yale Rep because Yes. I didn't see it, but um, Scott and Gavin did go see it. And I guess there was an older man who came, who was brought to see it, like much older. And they sat him in the front row being like, oh, seniors first. Like you get, you know, priority seating. Maybe not a show for somebody who is older and (sighs) easily startled. Hold on. Hold on. We had the same experience. I know where this is going. Continue. Basically. I'm going to be shocked. One of those guns was like fired in the show. That man certainly did shit his pants. He certainly shit his pants. Silas, we had an (laughs) audience member shit their pants. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Is that just like a disclaimer that has to be said before that musical? It's crazy it to have a musical. To be. I have cried at musicals. I have laughed myself silly. <laughs> I have never shit myself during a musical. Not yet. I, I got close during the second the time I saw thing. Wicked. I got close. But <laughs> <laughs> Merrily we roll along. Very close. <laughs> What's the one oh, you saw at a... <laughs> What's the one you saw? In New York recently, uh, uh, light at the piazza or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! I still have that voice memo from you, from you uh, coming back from that. That was so endearing to hear your reaction to that. Oh my god! That wasn't even like shitting my pants. I was just sobbing until I couldn't breathe. Like until you puke, yeah. 
until I puked. That is crazy. We had a parallel story. The exact same experience, except I will add that in uh, the professional theater on my college campus, like we both went to big um, colleges that had very similar programs. Um, Our stage was a thrust and then, which is like basically creepers. It's like a three-sided stage. And then there's what they call bombs, which are basically like these exit ramps so that actors can come sort of like through the audience, but not really. Like it's almost like they come up through a tunnel to get onto the stage, not like your typical proscenium stage um look at you with the speeder degree like throwing out all the the lingo degree (laughs) oh my god creepers are probably like (sighs) professor um, (laughs) stew professor snooze fest um but this man i think knew he was having a problem no and so he ran down through the tunnel through the bomb to try to get to the bathroom in the lobby ends up just trail of shit trail of shit (laughs) And I was working wardrobe <laughs> with uh, another girl, and our whole thing was that we would meet one of the actors in the tunnel to do their quick change because they didn't have time to go all the way backstage. So we would meet them with what they call a bite light, which is like you put a little flashlight in your mouth and you bite on it when the actor comes off stage because it's pitch black and you need to see where you're going to zip them up. <laughs> we start running through the tunnel, and I'm like, Katie, does it smell like shit in here? <laughs> and she's like, yes, what is that smell? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but look out. And but look out. We get, we, but get look up, out. we get up through the tunnel. We meet the actress. She comes off stage. She's like, oh, my God, what does that smell? And I've got this light that I'm biting down on so hard. And I'm like, I got... 20 seconds to get this woman out of a full corset. And I'm like, oh, no. like <laughs> both just trying to focus. And then we get her zipped up. She goes back on stage and I'm like, let's take our damn bite lights and we're going to bite on them and try to see what we can see in here. Just trail of shit. No, trail of no, shit. no, yeah. no. Oh God. That's awful. <laughs> that's the it was truly character building. I will never forget that. That is formative. Like, stuff like that. The fact that it was Katie, too, makes it more funny for me. (laughs) Katie! What is that? Katie! What is that? And then I remember the stage manager coming on backstage (laughs) on the intercom going, "Uh, actors, there's been an accident in one of the bombs. Um, We're going to be laying out uh, Wait, the god mic? Like Like the full house? Yeah. Oh no, no, not the full house. Oh. Backstage. <laughs> like, Audience, we were please so stay close to the seats. end of Act One. Oh my God. That would have been actually incredible. That happened to me at Long Wharf. I was on stage. <gasps> was on stage in a, a dinner scene and um I forgot the name of the show I was in, but I, I we didn't even realize this happened. And all, Colin, stage manager, got on the God mic and goes, Actors, please stand up and leave the stage. We had no idea what just happened. Apparently, a girl stood up, like a grown woman stood up, projectile vomited over like half the audience. <gasps> oh my God. And that's our impact on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott and Gavin, I think, were at that show, but they they had to stop the show because that's like a like a extreme like safety hazard. Like you have got you can't carry on with a show. Like you have to stop and like properly clean it. 
But we we, we just course. we just got right up and we walked right out. That is so foul. It wasn't even 1984. It wasn't. Which what did I call it last time? 1989. 1989. <laughs> I could say it. I was like Taylor's impact. Taylor's impact on the psyche. We have really spiraled from scary stories to talking about patrons shitting and throwing up all over themselves. <laughs> this is this is this is like Gilly Hicks part two. This is giving give Gilly Hicks. It is. It's the silliness of it all. But Stu, I, I want to say thank you for listening to my spooky stories. This was a good one, but I almost feel like I can go further. Like I can find, I can find worse that's out there. But these were pretty damn yes, bad. You s- you scratch the itch, but I know there's got to be things that are just absolutely foul on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, these were just like across the internet, but like Reddit, I needed to find them across the internet because I needed to verify as much as I could. I'm like, is this true? But yeah, oof, something about that roommate one really got me good. One quick story, one last story, just because we were talking about yeah. Scott and Gavin. Speaking of roommates, when I was in college our house okay so i lived um at our college was a big school but there was nothing around our school like it's just farmland there's absolutely nothing out there i only lived on campus like in a dorm my first year and then after that scott and gavin and i moved off campus into a little house rent was 500 dollars a month pray to god yep. i'll never get it again so it was mine 500 bucks a month this house off campus and it was a two-family home and it was in the middle of the woods like it was pitch black out there at night now the reason the duplex part is important is because we knew the people who lived in front of us like we had their numbers and everything our spot was in the back of the house to get to our front door you would have to walk all the way up our dirt driveway in pitch black go behind the house get up onto our back deck go all the way around the deck to the side of the house to ring the doorbell that's important context because one night it was like 12 30 at night I wake up in my bed because somebody just rang our doorbell. Pitch black, pitch black outside. I get up and I go to Scott's room and I'm like, Scott, Scott. I'm like, somebody's, somebody's at our door. That bitch didn't move. Not, he goes, (laughs) he was like, go answer it. And I was like, someone at our door, like the back of the, like I was like trying to get it through his skull. I'm like, that's somebody at the back of the house. And he he wouldn't get up. So then I go to Gavin's room and I'm like, Gavin, <laughs> somebody at our door. Same thing. No, but they're just willing to die. So then I was like, I'm looking, our bedrooms were on the downstairs of the house. The living room was on the upstairs. It's a very weird setup, but I'm looking up the pitch black stairs being like, because the second you go up those stairs, the glass door, like, you're visible. So I'm like, am I about to go up those stairs and see who is ringing our doorbell at 1230 a.m.? Because it's not the people in the front because we have their phone. Like, they would just call us. Like, they have our phone numbers. We get a text or something. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who's, like, at our door. And I just decided I'm going to take my chances. And I went back to my room. I locked the door. I pressed 911 and just kept the phone open, ready to dial <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm actually a very relaxed and calm person, and I, I don't really <laughs> assume the worst of anything. <laughs> and that's why you and I are friends, because that was me always, too. I was just like so the scared. second I heard a creak, I was like, Miss Clavel, like something is not right, like sitting up in my bed, like, how am I going to get out of here? Miss Clavel, I can't believe you just brought that up. You're inside my brain. Something is not right. 
Something is quite wrong. Something is not right. <laughs> yeah. Something, oh my God. And so I sing this song. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Creepers. <laughs> creepers. We're going to be back. It's a wrap. We're going to be back next week with another episode on Friday. Thank you so much for listening to these spooky stories. <laughs> we love you guys so much. <laughs> We love you so much. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. Bye, guys. Hope it's creepy. Bye.